Are you a woman in the middle? You're in the right place. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and you are listening to the Women in the Middle podcast, episode number seven. Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode, which is all about making big decisions, why some people seem to have no problem with it at all, and why others feel so stuck and overwhelmed. I'm also going to give you some tips to make the whole decision-making thing a bit easier for you. How great is that? But first, I wanted to talk to you a bit about how I made a big decision, what music to use in the intro and outro of my podcast, Women in the Middle. You know that catchy little tune that brings you in and out of each episode? That was a decision I had to make, and this decision was a big deal for me. I felt a little bit of pressure to do it just right. Music has always been a huge part of my life. I wanted the music in my podcast to be the perfect branding for my coaching business, and I also wanted to set just the right tone for my podcast. But maybe even more importantly, I didn't want it to be annoying to you as you tune in every week, if you know what I mean. When you're musical, you're sensitive to music, and it can be a real turnoff. Also, I'm not a fan of electric guitar, for example, so as I was listening to music samples, I made sure to steer away from any of those options. They annoy me, and hey, when it's your own podcast, you can do what you want. So I wanted to pick something that resonated just right for me and something that I also thought would be nice for you. So I chose a tune that featured a saxophone. I love the sax, and I started playing when I was in fourth grade. And the sax that I used was my mom's alto sax. I grew up in a school system with an amazing music program, so as I got older, I had the best musical opportunities around. In the early 80s, I went to a high school in Lansdale, Pennsylvania called North Penn. I was a proud member of the jazz band and also a super proud member of the North Penn Marching Knights, one of the best marching bands around under the exceptional leadership of Stephen Frederick, whom we affectionately referred to as Fred. Fred was an amazing teacher, a great leader, and a mentor to thousands of kids, and I'm so glad I had a chance to see him again about 14 or 15 years ago at the 50th year high school band reunion. Once we said we were able to attend the band reunion, we were sent music. I don't remember how many pieces of music. Some of them we recognized from high school, like Rocky, a classic Sousa March. Others of them were new, but the point was we were digging out our horns and practicing. Some people hadn't played forever. I had been in a community band, so it wasn't that challenging for me. But anyway, we all headed back to Lansdale, and we got to play a concert. We got to perform again together on that high school stage. That meant so much to us. It was where we played so many Christmas concerts, so many spring concerts, and also where we were witness to plenty of shenanigans. <laughs> Anybody who was in band knows what I mean. Most importantly, I got a chance to tell Fred how much he meant to me before he died. 
regret-proofing at its finest, right? So on that note, pun intended, I hope you enjoy the decision I made about the music for the Women in the Middle podcast and also caught this gentle reminder to tell important people in your life about the impact they made on you so you don't have regrets or run out of time. As a woman in the middle, you know firsthand by now that life is short. Reaching out this way can be so rewarding to both of you. Now, let's dive into this whole decision-making thing. I have to admit, I am fascinated with how people make big decisions. Some of you have no problem making a big decision. Others get overwhelmed and confused into paralysis. (laughs) They are so afraid of making a decision that they will regret. Which category do you fall into? Are you the first type and have no problem with big decisions? Do you generally think, I got this, bring it on. And before you know it, you've made a decision and you're ready to move on. Is that you? Or are you the second type? More of a, I'm so confused, I'm looking for clarity type of person who feels stuck, overwhelmed, and unsure when you need to make a big decision. Is that you? I've grown to realize that I'm often the second type. I've seen my behavior at several key times in my life, and I've actually been quite surprised at the whole process. Now, I know you're starting to think, what decisions have you made that have been challenging for you? Perfect. So the good news is that I've learned so much about myself regarding supervising my thoughts. I have so many more skills in this area now, and I'm excited to share this information with you. I also want to share how I noticed that I had a bit of a decision-making problem. The first big decision I remember being really stuck about was way back in my sophomore year in college. I applied for a semester away at a school in the Caribbean, and I hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed and finally decided not to go once I had the offer. It was so painful to watch myself. And so weird because I was super excited when I applied for the opportunity. My brain was not helping me. I noticed that I felt fearful, and I decided not to go. Another big decision came my way uh, when it came time for grad school. I applied to eight schools and got into four. I was really attracted to Michigan State because there was some eyewitness testimony research going on at that time, and I was very interested in that work. I took a big train ride from Toronto to go for my interview and check it all out. I also received an offer from the university where I was currently enrolled for my undergrad at the University of Guelph, which is about an hour outside of Toronto. I was an American on a student visa in Canada back then, so it wasn't just a big decision for me to decide on what school I was going to go to, but an extra big decision for me to decide if I wanted to move back to the States from Canada. Even though I was young, I sensed that I was at a crossroads and that the decision I made would set the direction for my life. This time, I noticed that I felt uncertain about moving back to the States. I eventually decided to take the offer to stay in Canada at the University of Guelph. The next big confusing decision came when I graduated from my master's degree. The decision I needed to make was whether or not to stay and make a life for myself in Canada, now that my education was complete, or go back to the States. I wasn't a landed immigrant yet. I was still on student visas, so it wasn't going to be easy for me to stay. I noticed I felt drawn to the community I was creating for myself. So eventually, after a lot of stress, I decided to stay put and move to Toronto, which was a huge city and perfect way to start my career. But... 
the decision that confused me the most was when I was about 15 years into my career. Actually, it wasn't my career. It was probably about 20 years into my career. It was about 15 years into my last job. And I had been at that job for 19 years. I realized I was bored to tears. I just really felt like life was passing me by. The job looked so good on paper, and I loved my five-week paid vacation and my family benefits, but, you know, I really was miserable. I whined all the time. I told friends I was confused. I felt super stuck. And I shared a little bit more about this phase of my life in episode one, but the bottom line is that one day I received a gift, a beautiful gift. It was wrapped up in the harsh disguise of a layoff notice. (laughs) On the one hand, the pressure to make a big decision about whether or not to leave my long-term job was taken away from me. But on the other hand, the door was opened for me to find a career path that was much more suited to who I'd become and what I was interested in. And along the way, I also gained insight into myself and why I was so afraid to make this decision in the first place. Like, seriously, I was probably stuck for four, probably over four years, between four and five years, just not knowing what to do about it in the first place. Fascinating. So... What I saw was, is that I struggled to make the decision to leave myself, yet I recognized the gift immediately. I noticed that I felt relief about not having to decide and to take the risk to leave that job myself, the risk to try something new, the risk to be rejected and fail at whatever this new thing was. At the time, I had no idea about the power of my thinking that my thinking was actually keeping me stuck and unable to make a decision, that I was creating this reality for myself. Over the years, I've learned that not everyone struggles with big decisions. I see it with my friends. I also see this with my clients. It's common for us to think that everyone else is like us, right? So in this case, if you have a hard time making a big decision, you might just assume that it's hard for everyone. but it's not. (laughs) I'm constantly being blown away with people who make big decisions with ease. Usually they're not my clients, but I can see it in my world, and I'm sure you can too. Have you noticed this? And have you wondered how they do it? It's simple, actually. The way they do it is with their thoughts. They have figured it out. They figured out a way to think that creates the feelings they need to feel to take the action they want, that is, to make a decision. I see a lot of this with clients who aren't happy in their careers. That is usually the most common time that I see people struggling with the decision. The clients who can't make a big decision typically think things like this. I'm so afraid. I'm confused. I'm so stuck. I don't know what will happen. I might make a mistake. I might have regrets. On the other hand, clients who make decisions with relative ease think things like this. I'll make it work no matter what. I'll regret it if I don't try and go all in. I'm excited to try this. I'm ready to make a change. I know I'll make the best of whatever happens. I know everything will be all right. Notice the difference. Like I said, most of the clients that I work with are not there yet. We get there eventually when they come to me for help. They're thinking the other kinds of thoughts. So 
Maybe you've seen this with some of your friends. Maybe you've seen it with yourself. But notice the difference. These thoughts create a completely different feeling that help you create a completely different result. It's a decision-making result. Here's an example from somebody I met last year. I had the pleasure of meeting Abby and her husband on a recent vacation. They made a huge decision to sell everything and make a big move and drastically change their lifestyle. Now, I don't know exactly how old they were. I think she was in her 30s and her husband was in his, I think, 40s, mid-40s anyway. I couldn't stop asking questions. Like, that was such a huge change. I was fascinated. I asked her to tell me everything. And we had a few days together. We had a week, so I was plenty of time (laughs) to find this out. So I asked things like this. How did you figure out what you wanted to do? Were you and your husband in sync? How miserable were you when you decided to pack it all in and move on? Were you scared? Then I learned that they even had to rehome their beloved dog so they could follow their dream, which was to make a career out of their mutual love of sailing. Wow. Leaving their furry friend, their dog, was extremely difficult. They were so grateful that a close friend actually jumped in and was excited to adopt him, even though their dog would be living in another country halfway around the world and dealing with snow for the first time. (laughs) She was fascinated by that. Anyway, it was a big deal. She had to rehome her dog, and she and her husband had to be in sync, and they had to sell everything. I couldn't stop thinking about how they made this huge decision, and if I could have made such a decision myself, I doubt I could have made it quickly, that's for sure. What about you? Could you ever do something like that? They understood the opportunity that they had in front of them, and also the powerful pull of their dream. They embraced the fear of the unknown because they trusted their dream. They were super clear in their dream. And... They feared that they would regret it if they didn't do it. So I like to say that they regret-proofed their lives. In fact, these guys were the third sailing couple that I've met who've packed everything up, swapped their landlubber lifestyle, and changed their lives dramatically to become a captain and a first mate on a 52-foot catamaran. Seriously, I would say, yeah, I've met at least three couples. Amazing, right? So what does this mean for you? I'm not suggesting that you pack it all in and get a sailboat. That's not what I'm suggesting. But what it does mean is that making decisions is a skill that you can get better at because everything you do or don't do in life is because of how you feel or don't want to feel. So when you get a clear understanding of what you're thinking, you can see the feeling that that particular thought is creating. And this is really good news because thoughts are optional. So I came up with four specific tips to help you get better at making decisions. First, be super duper clear about what you really want. Now, this sounds simple, but not understanding what you really want is often the reason you're feeling confused or overwhelmed. My experience is that it's usually easier to figure out how you're feeling versus figuring out what you're thinking. Most of us can tune into that if there's a problem. They're related, though. As I've mentioned, thoughts create your feelings. If you're feeling confused, it's because you're thinking a thought that's making you feel that way. Try to get at that thought. 
Listen to yourself. Press pause on the drama in your mind. Stop trying to solve all of the problems that you think of the second you try to get at this thought. That's typically what happens. Like you'll actually get at the thought and then there's all this chatter in your mind to close it down. Just close your eyes and allow yourself to see the thought without allowing yourself to shut it down. You're not your thoughts. You're a watcher of your thoughts. So you can get to a place where you can see what you're thinking if you give yourself space and time. Notice that this thought is a sentence in your mind. It is a sentence in your mind. It's optional. You've got gazillion of thoughts to think, and you're choosing that one. So if you want a different result, you need a different thought. And as always, awareness is the first step. Okay, second, ask yourself if you would regret not doing what you have the opportunity to do. Would you regret not doing the thing that you're thinking about? Allow yourself to feel your feelings. Don't poo-poo them away. Don't allow that chatter, that drama. Be really honest with yourself. It's just you and your brain. Decide if you want to live with that specific regret. It's a choice. You're making a choice. Then ask yourself why or why not. Now, most people don't push themselves. So you got to take this extra step, dive a little deeper, don't just accept it, and ask yourself why or why not. If you decide that, yes, you're willing to live with the regret, don't stop there. Ask yourself, why again? The answer is another thought. It's the same with why not. The answer is a thought. You can do whatever you want, but you owe it to yourself to like your reasons, and be super clear about them. Crystal clear. All right. Third, when you're checking out your thoughts, listen for the word should. When you think about the choices you have, do you hear yourself thinking that you should do one thing or that you should do the other thing? If you hear it, ask yourself why again. When you think that you should do it because of that reason, how do you feel? Slow down this thinking and really zone in on noticing that thought that makes you feel that way. Ask yourself again if you like this reason. Is it a sound reason? Is it good enough? Are you okay with it? Or are you making the reason mean something that isn't quite true or accurate? That is what usually happens. We think a thought that we think is factual when really it's a thought about something else. So it's not really accurate. If you can't prove it, if 10 people in a room couldn't prove it, if it's not black and white, like so obvious to everybody, then it's a thought. Finally, make your decision. The fastest way out of confusion is to just make the decision. Try these thoughts to help you get there, okay? So instead of thinking, I don't know what to do, try thinking, I'm figuring out how to make this decision, or I'm ready to make this decision. Just notice with that simple example, instead of, I don't know what to do, which kind of draws you back away, resisting these other suggestions, I'm figuring out how to make this decision, has you leaning in. It creates this openness that you're moving forward. 
Here's another one. Instead of thinking that you're afraid you're making the wrong decision, try thinking that you know you'll be able to make the most of this decision no matter what. Look around, right? Look in your life. You have tons of evidence that you're able to make the best out of whatever happens. Then make the decision. As soon as you do, notice yourself. What thoughts come into your mind immediately? How do you feel? If you're not happy or content, this is a great window into the world of what you really want. Again, listen to yourself. Don't go get something to eat. Don't distract yourself with Facebook. Don't do any of these things that we like to call buffering. When that feeling comes up, see what it is. Listen to yourself. Listen to what's going on up there in your brain and notice how it's making you feel. And then adjust if you have to, knowing that you're finally getting to the bottom of things and you have a good handle on what you really want. So there you have it. What do you think about the idea that decision-making is a skill that you can get better at? It's possible to practice it just like you would practice so many other new skills. You can become a better decision-maker. Of course, we all make bad decisions sometimes, but that's part of life too, right? Anyway, increasing awareness is the key to the insight you want about yourself and practicing skills for solid decision-making is a really good place to start. You can practice skills to get better at making decisions. That's what I'm doing, and I invite you on this amazing ride. Being a woman in the middle is the best place to be. That's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. I would love to hear what you thought, too, so how about leaving me a review on iTunes? I know it's a bit of extra effort, but there's a reward. First, you'll know deep in your heart that you made this midlife gal smile. Also, I'll be doing a draw over the next few weeks for 10 lucky reviewers to win a free hour of coaching. Just go to womeninthemiddlepodcast.com forward slash iTunes for totally simple instructions for how to leave your iTunes review. And good luck. You might be the lucky winner of some free coaching. Thanks for listening to this episode of Women in the Middle. If you liked what you heard and want more, head over to womeninthemiddlepodcast.com slash guide to download a free actionable guide that will help you break out of your midlife funk and start living the life you want. Music